Blog Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a dream. Welcome to the Ryan and Brian Show. I am your host, Ryan Green. And I'm Brian Johnson. Hey, what's up, man? It's, it's good to be what's back. I, I got an extra pep in my step, man. I, I got I got a weight <laughs> off my shoulders, and you know why. That's right, man. Back to the back to old stress-free, uh, stress-free Brian Johnson. And uh, here it is every Tuesday night. You know what we do here at 9 p.m. It is the Ryan and Brian Show. So uh, excited about that, man! And um, it's a week, a week out, man, a week anniversary since uh, the election has come to an end. Since President Obama has been uh, re-elected as the president of the United States, so uh, how how's it been, man? This next last week for you, you've been hey, stressing. Hey, <laughs> you you know it, it's been like it's been like Christmas in December. I mean in November. <laughs> Christmas is November, like a multi-day Christmas, and somebody said to me, "Oh, it's not like the like the birth of Jesus." And I, and I said, "Come on, I mean, let's, let's let's be real. I didn't mean it literally, but you know what I mean." <laughs> I've just right, had a right. wonderful week, man. I think that the election ended uh, in in such dramatic fashion, and uh, you know, we'll talk about it later. I know, but it's going to be interesting to see how we move forward from this. How about you? Yeah. I know, I know you don't you don't follow as closely as me or, or get as stressed as me a lot of times. But how how uh, how are you feeling this yeah, one week later? You do more than just follow. So you know, I follow, but what you do is, is beyond follow. I think you kind of embed yourself uh, into the campaign season. Uh, so you know, I follow, and I'm definitely you know I'm happy about the results. I'm glad it's over too because it was getting kind of uh, it was getting kind of stressful at the end there. You just kind of. Look, like, well, what exactly are people really going to do? Because you just never know. Um, but I stayed up all night. You know, we had, it was a great show, man. We um, stayed up, stayed on the air as long as we could uh, before we were able to uh, see the call of the election. But definitely excited. Um, and tonight, you know, we're going to get a little deeper into that in a minute because we have um, a special guest, Wayne, coming on uh, in a couple of minutes. But uh, before we get to that, man, I mean, cause we're going to talk about the election a little bit later. But, you know, it's been some um, – you talk about uh, uh, Christmas in November. I don't know what what month you supposed to celebrate sex, but uh, that seems to be <laughs> November seems to be uh, hot pants month as well, man. There's been uh, uh, some 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 false news coming out and some real news coming out. Let's start with the Elmo scandal, man. Both of us, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I don't know if your your daughter still watches Sesame Street yet, uh, still. But man, the Elmo sex scandal scandal that almost was. Uh, that came out, man, and uh, apparently the the uh, you know the voice of Elmo was accused of having underage and sex with an underage boy uh, who well you know he was underage when he had sex and then now he's uh, recanted the story. So uh, what was your take on that, man? Not not so much, uh, you know, not just the fact that uh, the story that wasn't. But I mean, people were really going in on this thing because you know. This really still this guy took a leave of absence off of a, a story that apparently uh, wasn't true. You know, what, what's your take on on, on this that alone? I mean, the thing wasn't Big Bird talking about the election, but uh, <laughs> what, what's your take on when you heard that story? Well, you know what? It's funny. Uh, <clears throat> I, when I heard about the story, I was having Obama hangover, so I didn't really even. You know, uh, I didn't really listen to it in that much detail, and and really, but but that's kind of my mo anyway. Because and you know, you remember when the whole Trayvon Martin thing happened, and you know, with other issues that have come out, I tend to like kind of wait 
to to hear all the information before I speculate about anything. So I, you know, it was one of those things where I just kind of let it roll roll off my back and just said, uh, um, I just said that I'd wait and see. Uh, neither neither of my kids watch Sesame Street anymore, so they're not all in the Elmo and. Uh, you know, I just didn't. I didn't think much about it. Were you, were you up in arms about it, or what were your thoughts about it? No, because you know, I also have a rule about news: is that I have to hear the story three times before I pay attention to it. So uh, this one, before it got to the third time that I saw it posted, the story was already being recanted. So you know, I'm, I'm kind of the same way most times, uh, and that's why it seems like I'm sometimes so aloof with things because I, I don't jump on the first headline that I see come across. I need to see a story pop up three times. Uh, whether it be the news feed, the, new, the regular news, uh, people talking about it before I realize, okay, maybe this is a real story I need to stop paying attention to. Because I don't like to have my, my brain uh, full of just every single thing that comes uh, across the news wire. So um, this one kind of, you know, um, it, it didn't, it was like, okay, he was canning, you know. <laughs> and uh, But the, the big story, though, that uh, is not going to go anywhere <laughs> anytime soon, it seems, and I, I kind of did the same thing with this one. When it first came out, I was like, okay, well, let's just wait and see what happens. And um, it, it seems to be a lot happening right now. And that's uh, General Petraeus and General uh, Allen seem to be in this uh, love square. It's not even a triangle. But <laughs> all these people are, are, are connected with this mess. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm hearing that it's even expanding even more right now. Uh, but, you know, this we got the was director of the CIA, and both of them were commanders in, in Afghanistan. Uh, they they both they they both have some jump offs, man. So, <laughs> what is it? Why can't these men of, of power uh, keep their, their 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 manhood in their pants? Well, hey, I'll tell you what. I mean, I've heard all types of jokes uh, comparing Petraeus's wife with the with the mistress and all the looks and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, I think it. Uh, we forget that these people are people, and you know. Uh, sex and lust has brought down many a, a great man, you know, probably a few great women as well. And you know, it's one of those things. I could just imagine being over in Afghanistan, and and uh, you know, he doesn't have access to to many people. His wife's at home, uh, and hey, it, I, I think it just kind of happens. But uh, it's funny. Uh, People say I'd never do this, I'd never do that. I just say never say never because um, you might take it for granted. Next thing you know, you're in some kind of scandal. So, so that that's my take on it. I I know uh, I, I'm not sure if you've seen how people are trying to politicize it. Have Have you heard anything about uh, the politics of this thing? Well, not not too deeply. I do know that I, I think it's kind of shady that uh, he's set to testify. Uh, on, on uh, you know, some things, and, and now he gets to walk away. Apparently, I don't know if, if he's allowed to do that. Or, uh, people fighting that, but it's just you know that, that that's DC for you, man. It seems like that's and that's why when I first heard the story, I thought it was kind of shady. Uh, I was like, well, let me just see what happens because uh, it just seemed like the timing was so uh, perfect for him to walk away scot free. Uh, but we're gonna see what happens, man. It, it just um, a lot of it just seems r- real uh, real strange right now. Right. Yeah, I, I would not. I mean, that was that was my first uh, my first thought too. Like, I couldn't believe that he would just resign over an extramarital affair because I'm I'm pretty sure that happens quite a bit. You know, all throughout um, all throughout the, these uh, positions in the CIA and, and whatnot. So I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing what actually comes of it because I think it's going to be it's going to be more than what it seems right now. Right, I definitely I agree. I agree. So let's uh, while well, well, uh, you know, perfect transition time. We'll go to our first segment. You know, we started this a few months ago when we realized that this election was going to be a serious thing to contend with. So we wanted to bring on, uh, we wanted to do one more segment, one more party time segment with our conservative uh, contributor, uh, co-host, uh, uh, host of the conservative talk show, the Wayne Bradley Show. We want to bring on, hit the button right here. We want to bring on. It's not working. I'm going to ask our producer to go ahead and bring Wayne Bradley on. Here we go. All Hello, right, Wayne, how you doing? You how you doing here we go. All right, great. Welcome to the show, Wayne. How are you, man? I'm all right. Thanks for having me on this evening. <laughs> hey, great, I, great. I, no, Wayne, Wayne, real fast, man. Honestly, it's just the three of us, man. How are you today? <laughs> I am doing good, man. I'm taking solace in my basement. I'm down here in my man's zone. 
with my with my my kids and my dog, man. I'm I'm okay. I'm doing okay. <laughs> well, good. Well, well, tell well well give give uh Cheney a, a a pat on the head for us, man. <laughs>
Wayne, quick question because you you know I got to press you on this. <clears throat> you said okay. that that uh, Obama's going to have to be more centrist, and uh, if you if you think about the history of what of what's happened with uh, with the uh, the tax cuts and you know the the um, the debt ceiling and these different things, it, people on the left have basically said that Obama's bent over backwards. He he put deals on the table. He put you know Democratic sacred cows such as uh, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, everything on the table to make a deal, and the Republicans uh, didn't take it. It was, you know, so... If, if, they're, if they're legitimate deals, if those were legitimate deals, and, they, and they're going to work together again, I think that uh, the pressure will be more on the Republican Congress to, to work out things as well. I don't know how that's going to work, because you have, you have people like Boehner, who I think generally he's from the old school of D.C., where you can get stuff done, and it didn't matter, you know, if you're a Republican or Democrat, we go discuss this, let's get this bill knocked out. And you got a lot of the new guys, some of the Tea Party guys that aren't going for that. So it'll be, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I just think that Boehner's going to have to show some leadership. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about nominating uh, Paul Ryan as the next, you know, guy ahead of time, you know, the next guy, next guy in line. I, I don't know if that's going to work or not. I just think that, uh, you know, I think Paul Ryan, he worked under Jack Kemp. I think he understands it. I just don't know if he's willing to go that step and uh, he, he try to get stuff done. And I think that's going to be a challenge for both sides because Obama, he said, he's, he's in for another four years, so he can totally blame everything on these guys again if that's what he wants to do. If nothing gets done, I think that's where the pressure on our Republican guys are going to, you know, it's going to come to where, all right, what can we do to get things done? Uh, both sides are going to have to make some compromises because we go off this fiscal cliff in, in 2013. We're going to have real problems, and no one's going to come out looking good. Like <laughs> well, well, I, well, you know, we'll, we'll have to talk about the fiscal cliff as we as we approach it. Maybe we'll get you uh, we'll get you back on. Um, so, but but another question. So another thing that's popped up is people talking about Papa John's and, and Papa John's is uh, planning to lay people off since Obama's been elected. They're laying people off. There was okay. Wait, hold on. Let me let me be clear. They they were they were uh, different. Some companies were laying people off. Others were were limiting their hours so they didn't have to pay them full time. They didn't have to pay Obamacare because they wouldn't be full time employees. Regardless, right. there's been kind of this reaction about uh, Obamacare and and that really goes into effect in 2014. Uh, but people are taking action right now, um, and they're saying that's because their their businesses can't survive. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? And you know, do you support these boycotts? What, what's your take? All right, well, let's start with one. No, I don't support any of the boycotts because if you boycott these franchise restaurants, the only people you're hurting is the guys that are working there. You're not hurting the guy, the CEO of Papa John's. He's going to still, he's going to eat regardless. And, that, and okay, so let's. Let's be clear about that. If you if you support uh, uh, boycotting your local restaurants, all you're doing is hurting the, the guy that's working there, the waiter, the people that's serving the food. That doesn't. That's really not the most effective way to do it. Uh, secondly, I think that these guys kind of warned people that this these were going to be some of the kind of things that could happen if Obamacare was implemented. And the reality is, if you got a guy, let's say, if you own a pizza parlor, or if you own Ten of them. That's really the question. It's not one, because if you only want only own one, you're not going to be you're not going to fall under Obamacare. But if you own a large amount of pizza chains, and you've got a bunch of people that are working full time, uh, it affects the, your bottom line with your health care and everything you've got to pay. So essentially, he's looking at it and saying, "Well, I can afford to only have a couple guys working this amount of hours, X amount of hours, and spread them out to make them part time." And I save a lot of money by not having to go through these, you know, the regulations of Obamacare. Now, if you're a business person, you, you understand why some of these decisions are being made. Is but, it, Wayne, Wayne, hold on real fast. Oh, it doesn't go into effect until 2014. So why do you they got have to? You've got to start putting these kind of things in place now. You can't do it in 2014. That's two years, man. It's <laughs> Well, no, we're, years. we're going into 2013 in another right, month. Right, right, okay. So, that's, so he's, giving, he's giving them a heads up that okay. I'm sure he didn't lay off people this week, but in the next over the next couple months they're going to be doing layoffs and they're going to be reducing people's hours. UPS is going to do it. He's going to have a lot of companies 
that use full-time workers that don't pay these exorbitant benefit programs, and and that's the reality of it. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm saying that those are the economic decisions that some businesses are going to be forced to make, and I and, I, and you know that at the end of the day, a business person is going to make the right decision for his bottom line. And I think that, that, you know, some people have an issue with that. But if you're the business owner or if you're an entrepreneur, you understand why you do that because the burden at the end of the day falls on that individual that took the risk to start the business, that has invested his time, his money. And, and a lot of people resent the fact that President Obama's plan uh, puts a mandate on him. I think that, again, I think there's, there's things in that bill that were good, but the idea that you're forcing people to do something uh, is, is is not a good direction to go. I mean, people always say, well, what about car insurance? I mean, in certain cities, people don't own cars, so they're not forced to own car insurance. It's a, it's a, it's a different kind of ball game, and this is where you're telling people who own, you know, if you have 40, if you have 40 employees right now, you're not going to go to 50 because you don't want to. Now your expenses have gone up besides just hiring more people, and I think that that is the part where, again, if you have a, uh, a president that's been in the private sector and has some extensive experience with that and understands what that does to your payrolls and your bottom line, you know, you might make a, a better way of putting that policy in place. And I think that that's where we have the issue right now is that the guy like Papa John's, it makes the news because he sent out an email or he made it known. But the bottom line is that you're going to have a lot of guys that you've never heard of that might have 50 or 60 employees and small shops and things like that, they're going to reduce their numbers to 45 just so they don't have to All right, Wayne, Wayne. All right, All right bro, real quick. I mean, because I, I think one thing I saw that Papa John said he had to raise his pizzas by 14 cents, you know, per pie to make up for the difference. And I think that most people would have, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day, you know, we were 30, gum was 35 cents when we were kids. We were paying a dollar for a bag of gum now. I, I think something like that is, a, is, is an easier uh, alternative uh, for for most people to swallow, that you raise prices by less than a quarter, if that's what it's going to take to to do that. Uh, but one, I want you to tell me this on this question, uh, because after the election, uh, I commented on your Facebook page uh, and, and told you that you know, I really feel like you were one of the guys um, in the party who at least uh, had, talked like you had some sense in your head. You respect people, <laughs> uh, and, and uh, you know you, you don't make this thing personal. So I want to know you know to know what what your plan is uh you know what what's the your plan to get more people like you uh either in the GOP back in the GOP or at least be the leaders and the forerunners of the GOP uh to change the the um image if you will uh of what the party has become in the last 2 years because right now you guys are in a bad situation. Uh well me personally uh I've got a couple of things that I'm looking at that, that I can be more officially more involved with the party and I'll probably have some announcements and things to talk about that in another probably three, four weeks before the uh before the December, you know, holidays really get into full effect. Um, I think that it's gonna take not just people like me, but people across the country, uh, that have sat here and said I'm a proud Republican to say I've gotta get more involved in my party. It's obvious. Uh, me personally, like I said, I've got a couple things that I'm looking at to do specifically uh, to get more involved, to implement strategy and things of that nature. But it's going to take a collective effort, um, you know, amongst black Republicans and Latinos and young people and all that. So, I mean, that that's what it's going to take. I'm definitely going to, you know, be doing more. Um, and like I said, it starts with the individuals. I, I go to NAACP. I was at one this morning. I mean, I... I do these things naturally. I'm a lifetime NAACP member, so I know where these people are coming from. It's just that I think there's certain things, like like when I go to these meetings, I hear everything is about the black man and the white man and how we got to do this and they are doing this against us. And I think that some of that narrative has to change because they have to see visibly that, you know, I'm from Detroit. I went to the same school you did. I, I have, we agree on what we want is the end result. I just think that we have some different ways of getting there. And I think that that, it just has, to, that has to be more of the issue more than just focusing on um, things that we don't agree on. I mean, it's going to always be issues that we don't agree on, but I think that's that's the first step. And I'll definitely be doing more. You'll, 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 I'll definitely next month I'll come on the show and tell you more about exactly what I'm trying to do. But we've got some things lined up that's going to make right. it a more a moral issue to be involved. Okay. Well well great man. Hey, I'll tell you what, you know, I, I, I give you I give you uh 
headaches sometimes, I know, and I, and, I, and I make jokes and stuff like that. But, hey, I appreciate what you're doing, man. I, I appreciate some of the flack that you take uh, just to show another uh, another perspective. And you're welcome to come on the show anytime you want, man. Let us know what you're doing. Uh, we appreciate you uh, for being on. Oh, I appreciate it, too. And I, I, can't, I think that's the part that we have to kind of get back to uh, in uh, partisan and nonpartisan politics is that we have to be able to have dialogue and work together. I mean, it, 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 we're still all Americans. I mean, we like to say we have some issues that we disagree on, but instead of spending all our time focused on the things we don't agree on, let's focus on some of the things we can agree on and get some work done. So I, I, right. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah. And I can't tell everybody, we just don't, we don't take it personal. I could be your Facebook friend again because the crazies will yeah. stop being so yeah, crazy. Yeah, man, you know, I'll let right. you know. <laughs> but we'll talk about that another time. Yeah, friend yeah, yeah. Man, that's not, you know, it's not how we roll around here, man. So I appreciate you. Thanks for having me on. Check me out on Check me out at WB Conservative on Twitter. Thanks. Have a blessed evening. Thanks. Bye. WB Conservative. That got cut off. WB Conservative. Twitter handle. Cool. So um, we got to keep it moving, man, because we got a special guest next coming in for our Wonder Women segment. Um, she had this great bio that she had written up that I was going to read, and um, I can't even find it right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the the web page didn't pop up on my, on my computer this time. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and bring out our next guest. Our next guest is an author. She is um, also a, a, a doctor. Let's see here. Here we go. Don. Oh, wait a minute. Live radio, folks. Here we go. Dawn Delavalade. There we go. Dawn Delavalade. She's the author of She Makes More. This is her first book. I'm going to let her tell, you, tell us a little more about it, but She Makes More is talking about the female breadwinner. So we want to welcome Dawn to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having me. Can you hear me? Yes, yes we fine. can. We okay, can. Okay, great. Great. All right. Don, welcome to the show. I want you to go ahead and uh, I was going to read the bio, uh, but you go ahead and do it. I'm sure you can do it better than I can. Tell us about this new book, She Makes More. Well, she ma- it's called She Makes More Inside the Minds of Female Breadwinners. Uh, as you mentioned, this is my first book, and it really, the reason I wrote it was um, because I've been a female breadwinner for some time in my marriage as a physician. And what I started to notice is that these marriages do have some unique challenges and obstacles that other marriages simply don't encounter, you know, marriages that have that more traditional income hierarchy. And, um, you know, it was just a way for me to help share the stories, kind of the inside thoughts and feelings that female breadwinners have, but they're, you know, they're too afraid to tell their mates, you know, they don't want to hurt their feelings or damage their ego, but it's things that they really do need from their mates. Um, so I kind of, you know, interviewed a bunch of these ladies, put it all together in a book, and it's kind of the man's manual to understanding this unique category of life. Very interesting. It's it's funny. Uh, so so when you thought of this uh, this book, did that did it come out of some complaints you were getting, or, or what what was the motivation um, behind writing the book, and, and why do you feel like it's necessary? Well, because um, as I mentioned, that is my reality. So you know, firsthand, I know that um, communication is often lacking in these marriages. Um, the woman doesn't want to say some of the things that she feels because, you know, the world, she may feel like the world is already, um, you know, judging her husband because he's not the traditional provider. Maybe he has some feelings of inadequacy because of that. So she doesn't want to, to add on to that by saying, you know, this is what I need that you are not doing or I need you to be better at this. Um, and on the other hand, you know, sometimes the husbands are not willing to say, I feel emasculated or I feel embarrassed or I feel ashamed that I'm not the breadwinner. So communication is very lacking in these marriages. So this really, to me, was a, a tool to help start that really sometimes tough conversation between members uh, in these marriages. Um, it's much easier to have a book in hand to say, look, honey, this is what I read today. I want to know what you think about this that the author brought up. So it's a gentle way to potentially get these couples to start talking. 
that done. That that was it's really awesome. It's funny because um, you know, I went through a divorce uh, three years ago, and every woman that I've uh, dated has made more than me since my divorce, and and it's not been an issue to me because um, and one, it's never I never care who makes more, um, but also I think the women have been very good about not being those types. But I think a lot of men uh, you probably hear fear someone who's going to throw it in their face and, you know, well, you ain't paying this, this, this. Uh, but in your findings, what has been the impact on some of the men in the relationships who, uh, who, where they're not the breadwinners? And then maybe what is the impact on the women who are the breadwinners as well are dealing with men who may not take that, um, you know, so well? Well, I mean, um, like you mentioned, the majority, the women that I interviewed, now some are still married, some are going through divorce because it, you know, just wasn't working out for them. But um, like you said, majority of these women are, are supportive of their husbands. They're not the type that's going to throw, you know, throw that sort of thing in their face. And I think when a woman gets to the point where she's throwing it in your face, she's at her wit's end. You know, she has kind of put up with as much as she can deal with, and now she's angry, she's resentful, she's bitter because she hasn't communicated those things that she needed over the years. And because it has been, you know, it has been a bit of a, um, uh, you know, poor communication between the two of you. So at that point, you know, she's too, she may be too far gone, but how do we prevent, you know, couples from getting to that point where you're just set up and you're just spewing out, you know, all sorts of, of negativity at your mate? Um, but, but the majority, like, like I said, of my women um, are not at that place. They're very supportive, as, as am I. I mean, I would never say something to, you know, make my husband feel emasculated or less than a man. That's not, you know, that doesn't help the marriage. Um, and like you said, some men deal with it well. But I will say, even though you're dating, I think it's a little different once you get actually married. Um, I think the dynamics sometimes can change even overnight, really. Right. Well, go Oh, I'll just a quick follow-up I was going to ask, because I'm thinking about, you know, uh, the relationships are dynamic. So I'm wondering if you're in your research and the women that you talk to, uh, do you see any differences in a situation where at one point maybe the man was the breadwinner, then at some point later in the relationship uh, the roles reversed and the woman was the breadwinner, you know, kind of goes back and forth, or were most of the, um, the, the examples that you looked at women that went into the relationship at the breadwinner, that's how it's been? Yeah, it's a mix. It's a mix, which I think is a, is really uh, indicative of what society is like. Um, you know, it was a mix for me. When I started off, when I got married, I was in medical school, so I wasn't making that much. My husband was out earning me for a few years, and then once I finished my training, then I started, you know, began to out-earn him. And many ladies were like that. Obviously, um, you know, with the recent recession, it disproportionately affected men, so then that put a whole new uh, cohort of women into that breadwinner category, which was something new for them. So it's you know it's an adjustment. And then for some, like you said, yeah, they they've been the breadwinner, and even some have been married multiple times and have been the breadwinner each and every time. So it's a it's a mix. Yeah, so so my question was going to be, uh, so what do you recommend uh, that 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 men do or women do? If you could just give us a, a couple things. I know you talked about communication, but is it just communication, or, or is there some specific type of communication that you could uh, you could enlighten us with, just as a teaser to what what uh, the rest of your book talks about? Well, it's really sometimes in these marriages. The fact that she earns more is really the elephant in the room. It's bothering both of them, but they're not talking about it in any form or fashion. So when I say communication, I mean just tell me something about, honey, you're doing this. I need you to do this so I can feel more of this, or this is how this circumstance makes me feel. Even if you start with one sentence, you know, right now, literally, it is avoided like the plague in these relationships. So even the smallest bit of honesty and candid communication is at least gets the ball rolling so you guys can begin to open up as opposed to just avoiding it altogether. And what I can say to, you know, the men that may be listening is these women really do want him 
to maintain that leadership position in the marriage because I think sometimes there's some urban legend that, you know, the, the women that are breadwinners, they want to wear the pants and all this. I mean, I in my research, that is totally false. In my research, she wants to follow. She knows she will submit to the to the man that's leading her in the way she wants she feels that she needs to be led. Somebody who's competent as a leader as the head of household, she will follow you. She has no problem doing that. But the problem comes when she feels as though you fall short of what a leader should be, you know, the qualities that a leader should display. If she doesn't see that, she will then try to step into that position if she feels like, um, you know, you're not upholding that head of household role. And, and what you're what you're uh, saying is that one of those qualities of leadership typically is not <clears throat> that you are paying uh, a, a good portion of the bills. Then. No, absolutely okay. not. Nope. Because you know, when I ask these women why did they get married, none of them said for money, wealth, financial security. That's not why they got married. These women got married for love. They got married for companionship. They got married to provide a foundation for raising children. So, therefore, money was very low down on their list or, or even not on the list at all. So you can imagine then that, you know, who who makes the higher salary is not even important to them. It's still that she wants you to be a leader and be the head of household through your actions and not through just words. Now, in, in your research, the couples you spoke with, was there like a, uh, what was, I guess, two-part question, what was the widest range in income that you saw? And then also, I mean, are these women that you're talking to, because uh, Brian said bills are kind of trigger something to me, I mean, are the, the bread, well, the women breadwinners also paying all the bills, are the men, you know, making enough, they're still paying bills too, where the money really isn't an issue, or is it, you know, the, the women are pretty much putting everything in, in the house and, and the man is still stepping up somehow as the, the man in his house? What, what's been, you know, your experience with the, with the couples? Well, there's a there's a wide range. There have been some who the man is not working at all, and some one couple it was even by choice. He did not want to work, and she said, "I want him to be happy. If he doesn't want to work, he doesn't have to work." <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I wow. thought, hey, "Wow, yeah, that's, okay. look, wow. We're that's like, love. Uh, yeah, that's love right there." Look, we're looking around like, "Ah, uh, now where did they live again? Now what, what planet was this on?" Because I can't even wow. fathom that. Okay. She said she knew he was not going to be happy if he was working, so she was not going to make him work. So what but was he doing at home? He, so he was just—he was just a house. I—I I, I have to park here for a minute because I'm—I'm really amazed. So this—this this guy was a was a house husband, or he is—he is a domestic then, or was he just like chilling and playing video games all day? No, he was contributing. He was contributing. I mean, she, you know, said she would come home. You know, the laundry would be done. Sometimes he would, you know, have food prepared. So he was definitely contributing in other ways. But I just thought it was very unique that you know usually you'll hear he can't get a job or he's disabled or he's retired or whatever, but he just didn't want to work. So. Oh, wow, Tom. Wow. I thought that was, thought that was sweet. <laughs> yeah, that is sweet. That's very sweet. We won't we won't laugh because I know we, <laughs> we, put, we, put, we put pressure on men to, you know, and, and make them feel worse. So we're not going to mess with these relationships. Good, You you go, man, if you don't want to work and she doesn't want you to work. It's <laughs> yeah, just fine. I mean, awesome. I don't know. It's, it's, and she's very attractive too. Is she? Look, Brian, yeah. get, get her number. No, I'm just playing. Let me see. <laughs> right, man. She's already taken. So, but no, nah, I, I, that's, that's, hey, I don't know. As somebody, she's, mad, you know, look, she's madly, madly in love. So, yeah, that's what he primed was joking. But no, uh, I, I don't know. I, I was offered once to be a house husband. I, it was, it was intriguing, but I just couldn't do it. I couldn't. I can't not work. You know. <laughs> So that's 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 weird. I guess that's why we both kind of caught up on that one. You know, not not wanting to work was kind of that's, that's different. Anyway, but, so. it, but to, answer, to finish the question, it is a mix. Some have not worked at all. Some have only just a small discrepancy between their salaries, like ten thousand dollars. And of course, if that's the case, it's much easier. You know, it feels mm-hmm. like nothing, but the largest has been probably like two hundred thousand dollars between 
their salaries, which of course Boy. at that point. Yeah. I mean, you got, yeah, I mean, two hundred grand is a big gap to try to to make up. So I can understand. <laughs> hey, you go, girl. <laughs> yeah, right. At that, at that point, I mean, yeah, if, if you're marrying someone who's making two hundred thousand more than you, you you really had no place to get upset. What did you expect? I mean, that's um, that's just pretty good stuff. So cool. Well, well, well Doc, why don't you go ahead and give out the information on how people can get uh, a hold of you, how they can uh, get copies of the book. I follow what you're doing. I look at your website. It's an awesome, awesome website. Oh, thank you. Thank, you. thank you. Yeah. So why don't you go well, ahead and tell people how they can Well, my website is um, called She Makes. That's, well, the website is www.shemakesmore.com. Um, and it's. I wanted to make it feel like a, a community for female breadwinners. So I have a weekly blog. I have a survey that breadwinners can, can fill out because, for me, I'm, I'm in the data collection stage. I really want to know how female breadwinners think and feel what they need so I can be a voice for them. Um, so if breadwinners can fill up the survey. Um, also, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com, and it's She Makes More. And right now I am running a sweepstakes for a Michael Kors handbag. So please go there, click on the sweepstakes button, and then if you like my website, you'll be entered into the sweepstakes. And I'm on Twitter at Dr. She Makes More. And the book is either available through my website or it's also on Amazon.com in the paperback and Kindle format. And it's called She Makes More Inside the Minds of Female Breadwinners. All right. Well, definitely. It's been great. We're going to have you back on because we got a lot. I know it's kind of last minute. we got a lot more we want to get into with this. And, uh, yeah, this is good stuff. So I wish you the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay. No problem. Good night. Have a good night. And she said $200,000. Can you imagine? (laughs) I know. I can't look. I can't can't imagine having a combined income of (laughs) $200,000. Let alone one person is holding the whole thing down. That's just crazy. But, hey, that, you know what they say? It different strokes rule the world. Yes, it does. It takes different strokes to rule the world. So, you know, we won't. We won't. We won't uh, we won't good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, know, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat. Some speaking. of our listeners. I'm sorry. Some of the listeners in the group were uh, commenting on the the shock and all that this book is even necessary. Um, but hey, it is. So uh, I tell you, I tell you, the funny picture in my head was a picture of the guy that's that's trying to find the right words to say to his wife, and he's holding the book up and like reading from the book and trying to talk to her at the same time. It was just hilarious, but hey, there's need, hey, there's there's definitely a need. I can see where uh, where that would be a problem, and some people in the in the group actually said that they know a specific problem. So make sure you all check out that Facebook page. Get your Michael Kors handbag. And Ryan, you better not do it because I know how you are with man bag. She said handbag, not man bag. I'm saying it's Christmas time, bro. I need some gifts. I ain't making two hundred grand. <laughs> I need. I can't. I ain't making two hundred grand. I need to make up for that deficit. With Michael Kors bag would be nice. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. We got to. Uh, we're gonna transition to our uh, uh, last segment, but I wanted to ask before we get there. We got one ask R and B question. We wanted to talk about real quick. Uh, I don't know if you even got a chance to look at it. I was posted in the Facebook group today uh, while we queue up the next segment. Uh, some some lady, I don't even want to mention her name, her blog site, but uh, it, she was talking about daddy's little girls, and it made me uh, think of you and, and myself because I know you have your two daughters that have mine who uh, has texted me twice already while I'm doing this show. <laughs> um, uh, but the question, the, the, the issue that she raised, rather, was that uh, President Obama, when he mentioned that his uh, girls, Sasha and Malia, were smart, strong, I think she says, smart, strong, and beautiful. She, had a, and she took issue with President Obama calling his daughters beautiful mm-hmm. uh, on the, during his acceptance speech for the election uh, because somehow she saw that as being, um, you know, anti-feminist and now putting their beauty as as one of the top three important things in in, in their womanhood. Uh, I don't know if you saw it or not, but you know what? What most of us in the group kind of were like, you know, if a dad saying your daughter's beautiful, that's what dads do. <laughs> you know, um, I kind of saw it laughable that that 
uh, she would even make this a story, and it's actually getting some burn right now online. Um, but as a dad, I mean, is there any ever any thought in your mind of why you shouldn't tell your daughter she's beautiful? No, you know, I, I actually I saw it was a topic, so I went back and, and crammed real fast to get up up to speed on it. But yeah, I I I'm with you. I think that there there's also a, another uh, issue here, and and one is you know I'm I'm a father, but I'm a I'm a father of little black girls too. And there's a, a very, um, you know, there, there's a, it's a challenge with with black girls because at a very young age they start to, um, you know, they 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 look at beauty as as something different than than themselves. And you know, they look at blonde hair, blue eyes. You know, we all know about the the white dial, black dial test that is, you know, an age old um, test where oftentimes little kids will see white as beautiful and you know for for these for my daughters I know you know I want them to have high self esteem and if they if their their father tells them that they're beautiful they'll they'll feel beautiful no matter who says something else about them or or at least hopefully the likelihood that they'll feel beautiful will um will increase so you know people say stuff everybody has an opinion the opinions are like you know what so everybody has one and you know i'm 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 with you i'm i'm tell, nobody's telling me i'm not going to tell my daughters that they're beautiful cuz they are it's not like i lied you know right <laughs> exactly. right right they're right. beautiful and, uh, <laughs> and i went up there telling them no, i'm just playing yeah, well, hey, baby, you all right. all right looking self. Exactly. So all right, little baby. Yeah, exactly. Cool. What What are your What were your thoughts on? I know you touched on it, but what else? Uh, you know, what other? Yeah, you know, I was very unapologetic about telling my daughter that she's beautiful. You know, I tell my son how handsome he is, and I, and those things as well. Uh, you know, but it's it's an expression of love. It's not about so even so much of me thinking about okay, how is this going to impact her, you know, esteeming that uh, growing up. I don't think about that every time I tell her she's beautiful. You know, I have a niece who, who's 15, and I thought about, you know, well, two weekends ago I was having dinner with her, and I just said, like, why are you looking at me, Uncle Ryan? I'm like, you're just, you're just a beautiful person. You're, just, you're so beautiful. I love you so much. That's just me. You know, I'm an expressive kind of guy, and so I don't, you know, think about those kind of things in any other manner of just, you know what, that's what I see, and, and it's important that women and young girls hear from men who are important to them that they're beautiful. <laughs> Let the wrong man come up and tell them that, and they haven't heard it before. They spend the whole life trying to question, you know, what, what the value of their beauty is or if they are beautiful or not. You know, and the bottom line is, man, we didn't set this world up this way. Right. Beauty is, it, it, our, our, our daughters and all women and men are going to be judged by looks at some point in their lives, and we can't let them think that their their life is over uh, because they didn't get something based on it because somebody called them ugly uh, when we can sit there and be the ones to make sure that they're, uh, you know, getting the positive reinforcement that they need. And like you said, it's true. Have you seen my daughter? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you have, you have, you have a very cute daughter, and, and I think you brought up a great point. You know, saying beautiful isn't necessarily just a physical thing. You know, beauty right. beauty exactly. they, they beauty's only skin deep, right? Or it's more than skin deep. And um and you know, that's the truth and I'm sure that, you know, the Obama girls have a lot of endearing qualities that make them beautiful outside of their physical appearance. So big ups to to my man Barry O, you know, he's I I already look up to him and I call my daughters my little Sasha and Malia too. So um I would do the same thing, Mr. President. Absolutely. All right, man. So we want to transition our last thing. We we had the preemption last week. And, and he is fighting real hard to make this his last segment on the show, I tell you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> man, but we're going to go ahead. Uh, you know, the people want it, so we got to give the people what they're asking for, man. So we want to go ahead. I don't even have his theme music this week. But we're going to go ahead and bring on the love doctor, Peter Boykin. Welcome to the show, Peter. Good evening, gentlemen. How's it going? Hey, it's going, it's going it's well, man. Great, man. You're you're very impressive, man. I see you just dropped a comment and in the group, and you're right on the line. That that was that was real expert of you, man. Hey, persistence pays off. No, but uh, <laughs> see, well, man, we got <laughs> we got two subjects real quick. We want to talk about, man, because uh. You know, I had to get you on the show today because you 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 said it off last night, 
uh, someone brought up the subject of, of erotica, and uh, you know, and, and you had mentioned that you didn't read erotica, you didn't need erotica because you love doctor. You 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 are erotica. So uh, you know, <laughs> the embodiment, the embodiment <laughs> of erotica. <laughs> right. I, I coined it teterotica. So, um, <laughs> well, Pete, you know, I don't want you to recite some of the things that you uh, wrote in the group because it, it just can't go in the air. It would be off air. But uh, I want to kind of uh, tap into your brain a little bit and kind of give us give us what goes through the love doctor's mind when you uh, are creating these scenes in your head because um, as a man trying to seduce a woman, you know, you had said some things that I had never really considered before, you know, um, and, and it was a, it was, in a, it, was a, it was an aggression about your love tactics that um, I think most men would shy away from. But tell us, man, what, what is it uh, about the love doctor, and why is that your technique that you go after when you, you're trying to slay these freaks? <laughs> hey, man, like I said before, you just have to be yourself, man. You know, those those chemicals are flowing through your head, you know, all those thoughts and just uh, inhibitions, you know, you just you just want to release. So you just have to go with the flow, just plain and simple. It doesn't take a rocket scientist uh, to figure out, and, you know, everyone is different, and and you just can't uh, suppress your feelings. You have to just uh, let it go and let it flow. So so what you're telling me is that, you know, be yourself, so some of us just might not have that tiger in us. Is, is that kind of what you're saying? You're right. Different strokes uh, for different folks. Uh, some people are more aggressive. More people. Some people are uh, passive. So uh, if your partner says you need to be a little bit more kinky or animalistic, then you just have to reach down into your inner self and find that. So hold on, real fast, because you're getting me, you're getting me with the animal analogies. Are we talking like growling and stuff, or or is it something else? Not growling per se, but just the, you know, just the animalistic, just the aggressiveness. You know, the intensity. Now, you're, you're Leo the Lion, and I'm putting you on the spot here, and I know you said you like to roar. With, and not for me and Brian, but for the ladies listening, could you give us your best roar? Roar. Oh, no, that, that's the... That is that was the best one that you got, man. Come on, now you, you sound like Simba looking in the water for the first time. <laughs> oh, you, got, you, have, you have to forgive me. I'm, uh, seriously, I'm you know getting over a cold, so I may sound a little nasally. So that's why I can't uh, give it my all this evening. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, let's let's try one more, man. I'm just I, I mean, really get into character. Is there a, a specific growl? Come on, that you, you are the Lion King. Texans this time around, huh? 
I hope so, man. Uh, I'm gravely disappointed in their performance this year. I mean, it seems like they've resurrected the old Lions from the dead. And, uh, you know, I'm a Skins fan, too, so I hope the Redskins uh, will win. They don't get a chance to play on Thanksgiving uh, that often, and uh, I think this is a good opportunity well, you know, for RG3. The, the Indians aren't really fans of, yeah. I don't think the Indians, you know, the Redskins, I don't like to call them Redskins anymore, but maybe, I wonder why they don't play on Thanksgiving. Probably wasn't a good time for them. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, on that note, Pete, hey, we always appreciate you. Uh, could you give out your, your information? I know we know you got a blog, a, a YouTube page, all, all that information. PJB Blogspot. I'm sorry, PJB1976.blogspot.com. Uh, that's really all I'm going to give out right now. Uh, I'm going to up a YouTube channel. It'll be called The Love Doctor starting next week. All right. All right, man. Well, thank you. We won't talk to you again on the air until after the holiday, um, after uh, Thanksgiving. So um, wish you the best, man. All right. Look guys, to everybody on the show, be safe. And drive safely out there during the holidays. And uh, remember, be thankful for what you have. Hey, All right, man. Wor- words to live by, man. We appreciate it. All right, guys. All right. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Look, every time we think of pulling the plug on the love doc, man, he comes through. So we Hey, I, look, we 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 laugh and we have fun with Peter, but Peter is one of our biggest supporters, one of our staunchest uh, supporters. So we always um, we always support anything he does, and, and definitely wish the love doc the best. Yeah, there's not too many people who can leave me speechless. Peter's one of them. <laughs> that, that he is, that he is. Well, hey man, well we, I know we have a, a few more minutes here. We have some exciting uh, announcements to make about yeah, our an, our anniversary. Uh, we talked about it last week, but this is our two year anniversary, man, of the Ryan and Brian show. So, uh, so right. we do have some really uh, some some exciting things happening this month. Why don't you tell folks what's going on? Okay, I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> we. Uh, Part of our one thing we started uh, first year, and it's going to be the third year, is our Owie Awards, the R&B superlatives for those who are in the R&B group, uh, uh, the Ryan and Brian Show group on Facebook. Uh, every year we do our superlatives. Those nominations are going to start coming out. Well, the categories are going to start coming out next week, so we're going to get that uh, revved up, start getting those categories set, so we can start the nomination process for that. So those who are listening, those are in the group, you know, people take this serious, man. Like, people take that Owie Awards. I mean, they. They, they give their, their acceptance speeches. They hang them on their mantles, uh, on their fireplaces and everything, man. I mean, you know, people have auctioned their owies for, for, for 25 cents or something. This is really a big deal. This is really a big deal that people look forward to. So um, the owies are coming up, man. Yeah, that's and, next week. And um, it was something else that's escaping me, but since that's escaping me, I'll go to the next thing. You know, I've got a book coming out. I know a lot of people don't know, but I, I write books, man. And uh, <laughs> you do. I have I've a got, new book I've coming got out. Three of them. <laughs> yes. So I have a, a book coming out uh, in December. So it's called uh, "Create a Better You." And I'm talking all about uh, if you want a better life, how to create a better you. So this book is coming out in December. Uh, you can pre-order the book right now. You can go to www.abetteryoubook.com. Pre-order the book. You can go to www.ryancgreen.com and order the book. I'm really excited about this book, man. It's right in time for the end of the year to go into the new year. I don't do New Year's resolutions. I do goal setting and just, uh, you know, things to really help people get ready for the upcoming year. And this would be perfect timing to really help you uh, uh, break out of the doldrums of life and really take that personal responsibility. And if you want to create a better life, you got to create a better you. So I'm talking about that in this book. And, and that's what uh, uh, this is, 12 things I talk about in this book, 12 elements that go into creating a better you. And that's um, what, what's, what this book is about. So I'm excited about that. It's been the first book in four years, man. So I, I've been uh, kind of on hiatus and trying to get back to being me. So I'm excited about that and looking forward to that, man. Hey, well, welcome back, and I and I wanted to let everybody know uh, we we're winding down for the for the end of the year. Uh, Christmas and New Year's are both on Tuesdays this year, so uh, there's only a few more shows. So if you love the show, make sure that you tell uh, your friends, your neighbors, your Facebook friends, your your, your boss, whoever, uh, to tune in at 9 p.m. on Tuesday nights for the Ryan and Brian show. We definitely uh, enjoy doing the show. We get a lot of positive feedback. We just need more people to know about it. So uh, you can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Rye Show. We're on Twitter at Rye Show. 
We're at www.rybrideshow.com as well. So uh, be sure to like us on Facebook, check us out on Twitter, and thank you so much for your support. All right, talk to y'all next week. And puff and blow the walls right now. Don't aim for the block. Aim for the stars. Neptune, Saturn, Uranus, and Mars. So even if you fall, you can land in the cloud. Better aim for a mansion and land in a house. Sky ain't the limit no more. Look past that. See the finish line and then laugh that. Be the man where you used to get laughed at. God on it. Who it ain't to say you can't have that. Even when you fall, don't give up. Get up. Pick up where you left. Confess you a winner. Keep shooting high till you take